Gracious God, thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together uh, on a cold Thursday afternoon in the city of London to worship you and honor you. I pray, Lord, you surround us with your Holy Spirit, draw us closer to you, and let us go deep into your word and let your word sink deep into our lives. And I pray, Father God, your spirit would rest on me so that I can proclaim your word to your people this day, boldly and faithfully, in the to the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you and praise you for it all. In Christ's name, amen. In Hebrews 12 we read, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then to Ephesians, Ephesians the fifth chapter. We'll start with verse 15 and read down to verse 21. <clears throat> Paul writes here and he says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. It's everywhere. I mean, we just cannot get away from it. Brexit. I mean, I am going to be so thankful when that word evaporates from the English vocabulary. Because no matter which side of that you're on, remain or leave, I think everybody is tired of it and we just want it to be over. It's a, it's a bit like, uh, I had to go to the dentist this morning and thankfully I didn't have to have any drilling, but it's a bit like a dentist who's drilling and they just don't stop drilling and you just wanna say, get on with it already and, uh, or give me some more painkiller uh, to, to get through it. But I think the Lord is saying something in all of this. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I have not been so bold as some as to say, well, it was God's will for us to remain, uh, nor have I been so bold as to say it was God's will for us to leave. And I've heard people prophesying on, on both sides of that. But I do believe that God is using this to humble our nation. And whatever the outcome, God is determined to work through this. And I don't think that it's going to be easy. And I don't think no matter what we do, you know, even if we would reverse leaving the EU, it's not going to be pain-free. No matter what happens, whether we leave or whether we stay, God is using this whole thing to humble our nation and the reason he's humbling us, it's not because God is this, you know, this big angry God in the sky, 
But I believe that God wants this nation, the United Kingdom, the nations of the United Kingdom, England, Scotland, Wales, uh, Northern Ireland, I think he wants them back. And I think he wants them for his own and he's going to be working in that. But it's not only our nation. I think God is going to be working throughout all of Europe to humble Europe. And I think we're going to go through a season of great turmoil and tumult over the next couple of years. You know, I believe that probably in the next couple of years, we may see another major recession. And I think if we do, it's going to put the real meaning of austerity back into that word because it's going to be hard. I think we are seeing some massive shifts away from the privilege and power that uh, the Western nations have had, and that's shifting eastward to places like China. And China is set by 2020, 2022, to become the, the world's biggest economy. And I think we're seeing some global shifts that are happening there. And so there's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of tumult. There's a lot of turmoil, and I think that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Of course, we may have little times where it seems like it's getting better, but pay attention, I think we're going into a tumultuous time. Now, does that mean that I think the world's going to fall apart? No, I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen. I, I don't know that it's a precursor to the return of Christ, although it might be the thing that stirs up the world for the next major outpouring of the Holy Spirit globally, where the Bible promises that before Jesus returns, all the world will have heard the gospel, and uh, people all over the world will have turned to Jesus, and so maybe this is part of the precondition for Jesus' return. Uh, I don't know those things, but what I do know is that God is still God, God still loves us, God's still on the throne, God is still sovereign. Jesus still died for us on the cross. He rose bodily from the dead on the third day. The Spirit of God is living inside of us. None of those things have changed. And it's interesting how if you, you live long enough, uh, you look at various times in your life when people were saying, oh, the world is over, it's done, we're all going to die, it's terrible. I remember back in the Cold War, uh, those of you who could remember that, you know, and people say, oh, we're, any moment now, we're going to have a nuclear disaster. And we had uh, nuclear attack drills when I was in school. Uh, like, that's really going to help anybody to get under your desk if a nuclear bomb falls on you. But we were doing things like that. Uh, and, and I remember in the 1970s, the oil shortages and, and OPEC and all the things that were happening. And in the States, uh, queues of people waiting to try to get petrol, uh, hyperinflation of, of 10, 20 percent, uh, where people were really struggling to make ends meet. Uh, I remember these kinds of times. And everybody said, oh, that's the end. And it never was the end. But as Christians... We need to know how to travel through tough times. And the problem is, I think, with many Christians, Christians in the West, is many Christians in the West have gotten soft. Many Christians in the West don't know what it means to sacrifice, and they don't know what it means to suffer, and they're not ready to go through troubling times, difficult times, trialing times. And so when these times come... If they do not prepare themselves, it will be a temptation for them to fall away. And I've known many Christians 
who have named the name Christian at least. I don't know if they were genuinely converted, but they went through a difficult time and they fell away. And Jesus said that that's what was going to happen. You know, some soil, some, some of the seed falls on a soil and something grows up and then the sun comes out and starts to, to go down and the, and the plant dies. And that happens so often in people's faith when we go through these troubling times, these trial, tough times, these times of trial. And so this next this sermon series that we're going to start today, and we're going to take this all the way through Pentecost in June, this sermon series is about how do we travel through tough times. I can never say tough times without thinking of the late Robert Schuller. And whether you liked his theology or not, uh, I visited the Crystal Cathedral back uh, many, many years ago uh, when he was still alive. And, uh, and he always used to broadcast from the Crystal Cathedral in California. And he'd come out, and almost every Sunday he'd start out and he'd say, Tough times never last, but tough people do. And so I remember that. I remember seeing him do that. And whenever I think of tough times, I think of what he says, and I think it's true. But it's not tough people that last, it's tough Christians that last. And we need to know how to be tough Christians. We need to know how to travel through tough times and come out, no matter where, it, where they take us, to come out on the other side still walking with Jesus, still holding our heads up high in faith, still knowing that Christ is on the throne, still knowing that our Heavenly Father loves us, still knowing the power of God's Spirit living inside of us, still living for Jesus. And so we're going to be talking about that. And today, these passages that we read, in a sense, present an overall theme that has to go with everything else we say in this series. Without these two passages and without understanding this overall theme, it's easy to let the other things that we might say in the coming weeks uh, deteriorate uh, into some kind of legalism or some kind of self-help uh, theology where if we just do the right things, then we'll come out on the other side. And life tells us time after time that living is not just about doing the right things, it's about being the right person. And so we need to have these themes in our mind throughout our journey through the tough times that may lie ahead so that we can travel through these tough times effectively and boldly. And you can summarize these two passages with really three words. Focus and be filled. Focus and be filled. If we know how to focus and we know about being filled, that is the overarching prerequisite for traveling through tough times. And so let's take each of these in turn. The first one is the word focus. And that's picked up there in probably my favorite passage in all the New Testament, my favorite single passage there, uh, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. I find myself all the time coming back to it in my personal life and really, the rest of that chapter is so very powerful as well. But certainly these verses, and, uh, and in one of the translations, it's not the ESV, I love the ESV translation, but one of the translations I learned, it was, instead of looking to Jesus, they said, fixing our eyes on Jesus. 
And that really captures the meaning of that word, looking. It's not just a casual glance. It's not just, uh, uh, oh, look and, you know, say, oh, that's, that's lovely. You know, like I might look when, when, when Karen uh, brings out a new outfit. She says, how, does, how is this? And I look at it and say, oh, that's really nice. And then I go back to do whatever I'm doing. That's not the meaning of the word. The meaning of the word here really is this idea of fixing your eyes or intently and intentionally focusing on something so that you do not take your eyes off what you're focusing on. I remember a number of years ago we were driving to the state of Florida and uh, I had driven all night because uh, I couldn't sleep in the car. Uh, so Karen just let me drive while she slept. And I remember we got into the state of Florida uh, early in the morning, and I'd maybe slept an hour or two earlier in the night, not while I was driving, don't worry about that. Uh, but uh, uh, but I, I found myself where I was holding on to the, the steering wheel and looking with all my might at the road ahead of me. I just had to really, really concentrate on the road because I didn't want to fall asleep and I didn't want to do something bad. So I'm really concentrating on the road and I knew it was time for me to pull over when as I'm concentrating on the road, no matter how hard I tried, I kept kind of drifting from one side to the other. So I said, okay, it's time to pull over, stop and sleep. But that idea of where I just was so intently fixated on the road to make sure that I was continuing on the road, that is the idea behind this word. And if we are going to get through tough times, if we're going to travel through the tough times ahead, we will not be able to do it unless we fixate our eyes on Jesus. It's a bit like a ship that's caught in a storm and you want to get to port and you need to be fixing your eyes on that, that, that lighthouse that is guiding you to port. And you can't take your eyes off of that, otherwise you'll get shipwrecked. And this is the idea of what the, the writer to the Hebrews is saying. You have to fix your eyes in the direction of Jesus and you cannot take your eyes off Jesus or you'll get shipwrecked. And we have to remember, no matter what else we're doing, no matter if we, what else we employ in, in the weeks ahead that we're talking about, it all, it all comes to reality only as we fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to keep our eyes firmly planted on Jesus because Jesus is the one who reminds us that we, we get through the tough times. Jesus is the one who gives us direction for our lives. Jesus is the one who saved us. Jesus is the one who loves us. Jesus is the one who can guide us. Jesus is the one who's lived through tough times himself, and so he can help us to travel through tough times ourselves. So we must focus on Jesus, and it's all about Jesus. And if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, there is no way you'll travel through the tough times uh, effectively. And so we fix our eyes, we focus on Jesus. So we have to focus on Jesus, but we also have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We focus on Jesus, but we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now in the Bible, and we don't really have time to go into this uh, today, 
But in the Bible, there's two kinds of concepts around being filled with the Spirit. One is about the Spirit coming upon you to empower you to do ministry. So when Peter, he's looking at the, the lame man, and the Spirit comes upon him, and he sees something, and he's able to, to heal the sick. That's an empowerment for ministry. But here, when we're talking about being filled, there's another way where the Spirit comes within us to help us be established in our character and help us to know the love of God and live in the love of God and be stirred up inside to become more and more like Jesus. And so as we are traveling through tough times, yes, we'll need the Spirit to empower us for ministry, but we also need the Holy Spirit to fill us up so that we can live for Jesus and we can be the people that God wants us to be so that the tough times we travel through do not determine who we are, but it's the Spirit of God living inside of us. And this is what Paul had in mind when he even wrote the passage. You, know, you notice how Paul started out the passage. He says, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Even then, the, the Christians were walking through tough times. And so Paul is saying, if you're going to make the best use of your time, if you're going to live in the reality that the days are evil, that these are tough times, then you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to have the Spirit of God stirred up inside of you. Now, how does that happen? He said, sing together, thank God, submit to one another, but seek after the Holy Spirit. So, Every day of our lives, we must, especially as we're traveling through tough times, every day we must focus on Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Focus on Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Focus on Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Every single day, we need to go after that. And if we don't focus on Jesus and seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit, knowing that the Holy Spirit wants to fill us, if we don't focus on Jesus and be filled with the Holy Spirit, then no matter what else we do, we will not survive the tough times that possibly lie ahead of us. So that's our encouragement. Focus and be filled. And that can all happen because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. He died on the cross. He rose from the dead to save us by his grace through faith in him. And that empowers us to focus on him and be filled with the Spirit so we can travel with him through these tough times that lie ahead. Father God, thank you so much. Not for the tough times that may lie ahead of us, but for the fact that we can travel through these tough times with confidence. We can do that as we focus on Jesus and be filled with your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would enable us to do that even now. Even now as we worship, even now as we sing, let us focus yet again on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And let us be filled with your Holy Spirit as we sing together so that we might live for you boldly and faithfully through the tough times ahead. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.